10 and 2 with the Rose Bowl win is great for many different schools. It would even be great for my own Michigan Wolverines. Not for the Ohio State Buckeyes, though, as Ryan Day said himself at Big Ten Media Days. Yesterday, I talked about Nebraska, previewing them, what I think they're going to do in 2022, and talking about their best and worst possible outcome for the 2022 season as well. And today, we are going to be talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes in that same exact regard. Ohio State last year had a plethora, an absolute plethora of struggles, especially on defense, but also some on offense. Most of those were overlooked, but look no further than the Michigan game, for example. The run game was not good. Look at the Nebraska and Penn State games as well, where Nebraska, Penn State, they controlled the line of scrimmage at multiple points when Ohio State was on offense, limiting Ohio State to field goals and preventing the Buckeyes from finishing their opponents in a quarter or two. It took Ohio State a full four quarters to finally ice the game with a field goal to make it a nine-point lead against both Penn State and Nebraska. The Michigan game in itself, both on offense and defense, was a debacle for a lot of Ohio State fans. Ohio State players and coaches looked completely caught off guard. They looked shocked that Michigan's best was better than, frankly, their best, and it had not been that case in ages, I would say for more than a decade. Michigan, the way they beat Ohio State was, it was painful for Ohio State, and they do not want to repeat that by any stretch of the imagination. Just losing to Michigan, even with an 11-1 record, would be considered by some Ohio State fans to be the worst possible outcome for the 2020 for the 2022 season. And by worst possible outcome, I mean a realistic possible outcome. I'm not talking about Ohio State going 7-6, seven and, seven and 8-5, and 9-4. and four. The Buckeyes are too talented, too well coached for that to happen. Again, tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I am going live with Corn Crazed, a Nebraska channel. I'm going to link his channel down in the description below so you all can check that out. I'm going to go live with him tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and we're going to talk about Nebraska football, Big Ten football. So make sure to check his channel out and hit the notification bell for his channel so you can get notified when we go live tomorrow and whenever he posts his own content, which is either focused on Nebraska or the Big Ten. Really great channel. I encourage you to check out his channel. Today we're going to talk about, again, Ohio State and their outcomes for 2022, and just myself reiterating and restating my own prediction for them that I've talked about countless times before. So without further ado, let's get right into it and discuss the best possible outcome for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State's schedule, while playing to their advantage in many regards, none of the teams that are on Ohio State's schedule are as good as Ohio State, in my opinion, and two of their toughest opponents in Notre Dame and Michigan are at home. They are not road games. The schedule still is an impressive resume if Ohio State indeed maximizes their talent, maximizes their coaching staff, and goes 12-0, 9-0 in conference. It would be a very impressive, it would be a very impressive 12-0 record. Beating Notre Dame, who's going to be ranked top 10, 
They're ranked number five in the coaches poll. They'll probably be ranked around somewhere similar in the AP poll, beating Michigan too to end the year, who will likely be a top 10 team then. If Ohio State goes 12-0, 9-0 in conference, they're likely going to open the year up with a top 10 win and close the regular season down with a top 10 win, which will be very impressive. They also host games against Wisconsin, who will likely be ranked when they face them. Playing at Michigan State will be another ranked opponent they face. Playing at Penn State, Penn State might be ranked when they play them, but it's still a game at Beaver Stadium. Winning at Beaver Stadium is impressive in itself. They host Iowa. There is a plethora of opportunity for Ohio State to build their resume, and even with one loss, still reach into the college football playoff with the amount of solid teams they have on their schedule. Playing in the Big Ten obviously helps, but having a tough non-conference opponent in Notre Dame helps even more. C.J. Stroud will have to have a Heisman-level season for Ohio State to achieve the best, and I've made a video on that before about how C.J. Stroud is poised to do even better this season than he did last season. Last season, early in the year, against Minnesota, Oregon, and Tulsa, he didn't play the same as when he did after he rested during the Akron game. Against Rutgers, you immediately saw that he was just more confident in the pocket, he made better throws, was more aggressive, was more of a leader, and in his final few games in the November, in his November slate and in the Rose Bowl against Utah, C.J. Stroud was just tearing every secondary he faced apart. Every secondary he faced. Even the Michigan secondary. Michigan contained him. They contained the passing game, but they couldn't shut it down. And that's just because how good of a quarterback C.J. Stroud was and how good of the wide receivers that he had in Jackson Smith and Jigba, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Alave. Ohio State reloads at the wide receiver position as well, if we're talking about the best possible outcome. Jackson Smith and Jigba returns from last season. He had nine touchdown receptions, around 1,600 receiving yards. He also brings with him at the starting lineup Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Igbuka, Julian Fleming, who has reportedly been having his best preseason by far, also could be in the mix for the starting wide receiver position. All of these guys are highly talented prospects. Brian Hartline knows what he's doing at the wide receiver position. I anticipate Ohio State myself, and I've mentioned this in several of my videos, to reload at this position rather than regress. And I think that that's going to be evident right at the beginning of the year against Notre Dame. Trench play will improve if Ohio State is to maximize their talent. Justin Fry was brought in to revamp the offensive line, to bring it up to Ohio State's par, and he has been doing his job quite well. Well, Ohio State does return a decent amount there. They return Paris Johnson, for example, and it's going to be it's going to be a solid year, I think, for Ohio State, not just on the offensive line, but also on the defensive line too, especially at that edge position. You have Zach Harrison, JT Tuimalau, and Jack Sawyer. That's three edge players. They're all going to be rotating in and out, and I all I have them all on my all-Big Ten teams. I have JT Tuimalau on my first, Jack Sawyer on my second, Zach Harrison on my third. And speaking of that, getting into Knowles' defense, it'll be a top-10 unit. It will be a top-10 unit if Ohio State plays at their highest possible level. 
maybe even a top five unit, which Jim Knowles discussed, and I'm going to link an article talking about that down below. Jim Knowles ups the expectations for restructured Ohio State defense, aims for, quote, top five unit in 2022. That's what he's aiming for, a top five unit, just that competitive mindset wanting to always have high expectations placed upon you, it lines up exactly with what Ryan Day said about last year. 11-2 and with a Rose Bowl win is good at a lot of schools, but not at Ohio State. That's viewed as failure at Ohio State. And the best for Ohio State? The best is a national title. The best Ohio State can do is the best that any team can do. Go 15-0, and win a national title. The difference is... Ohio State can realistically do it, and they can do it not just one year, but they can do it over the course of multiple seasons because of how much talent they have via recruiting, development from their staff, such as guys like Brian Hartline, Justin Fry, Larry Johnson, Jim Knowles himself, who's coaching the linebackers, so on and so forth. The best is Ohio State going 15-0 and winning a national title with C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba And Travion Henderson, don't forget about him either, having phenomenal years, Knowles' defense taking a big step forward, the offensive line play improves, better run block, better pass block, the defensive line is able to get much better penetration, they're able to dominate good offensive lines, which they were unable to do last year against Oregon and Michigan, for example, and the wide receiver position, while being dominated by Jackson Smith and Jigba, has a lot of other X-Factor players to surround Smith and Jigba with. The worst possible scenario is not one that looks bad to most college football fans. You look at 10 and 2, 8 and 1 in conference, finishing second place, or possibly tying for first, depending on who the loss is to and who the in conference foe you lost to, what their schedule looked like. Michigan and Ohio State last year actually tied for first in the East. Michigan just had the tie-breaking win, which brought them to Indianapolis. The same thing happened in 2018, where Michigan and Ohio State tied for first in the East, but Ohio State won that game, and because the head-to-head tiebreaker, they went to Indianapolis. The worst possible outcome, I think, is 10-2, and 8-1 and in conference. I don't see Ohio State, while possible... I don't see the most realistic or most likely outcome in the negative sense of Ohio State losing two regular season regular season conference games. I look at Notre Dame and Michigan to start the year with a loss, to end the year again with a loss, likely both of those being top 10 losses, and both of those teams being the best teams, the two best teams that Ohio State will face all year. The defense will probably return to a 2020 or 2021 level for this to happen. Michigan and Notre Dame do not have the same modern offense that Ohio State does. So in order for Notre Dame and Michigan to both beat Ohio State, it's not just because Michigan and Notre Dame will both have good or great offenses in this scenario, but Ohio State's defense won't help Ohio State in itself. An awful run defense, to be more specific, would likely result in this outcome. Look at last year against Oregon and against Michigan. What in those games hampered Ohio State the entire way? Outside of both of those teams playing solid on defense, 
pressuring C.J. Stroud, being wise and strategic in their coverages, and just playing disciplined, sound defense, having talent on defense. Outside of that, the run game. Travis Dye, C.J. Verdell, Anthony Brown, shredding Ohio State's defensive line and linebacker core, and secondary by running all over them. And then with Michigan, Blake Corum, Hassan Haskins, J.J. McCarthy at times, shredding Ohio State's front seven and secondary via the ground, mixing in big plays, but also doing the little things over and over again. Ohio State knew both of those teams were going to run the football, they just couldn't stop it. And the worst case scenario is partially is partially based on the fact that Jim Knowles coming in to Ohio State, he's likely going to improve the defense. That I have little doubts about. But when he came to Oklahoma State originally, their defense did regress in year one because of the scheme change, because of you have new players, new staff, all of that. And Jim Knowles' scheme is, it is complex. It is not simple. It sounds like the players at Ohio State are adjusting well to it. Ryan Day is impressed with Jim Knowles. So to a certain degree, this scenario, the worst case scenario, especially with the defense, might be null and void. But it is still important to have it. If Ohio State's defense doesn't improve or they get off to a slow start, and that combined with poor leadership and execution continue from last year, Ohio State will have a revisit of the 2021 campaign. The worst-case scenario for Ohio State this year was pretty similar to the worst-case scenario last year because Ohio State, with their talent on offense and defense, their staff, the way their schedule is set up, is built for them to have basically an automatic 10-win season. Automatic. They have 10 wins built into their schedule. At Michigan State, total mismatch that favors the Buckeyes, Hosting Wisconsin and Iowa, some of the better teams in the West, according to the majority of analysts, they don't have the offense to score on Ohio State consistently, and their defenses will eventually be broken by Ohio State's offensive talent and crowd noise, since Ohio State hosts those two teams. At Penn State could be a challenge, but James Franklin has never proven himself to be able to finish a game against Ohio State since that 2016 game, which basically won Penn State a trip to Indianapolis and a trip to the Rose Bowl after they won the Big Ten that year. The Buckeyes losing to Michigan again would ultimately be the worst possible outcome for them. Ultimately. The last thing Ohio State wants, the last thing Ryan Day wants, and he stated this several times at Big Ten Media Days, is to lose to Michigan. He still said that it hurts, and I guarantee you, as a Michigan fan myself, watching Ohio State's program, the moves that they have made, it hurts, and they are reacting to it, absolutely reacting to it. Bringing in Jim Knowles was a reaction to losing to Michigan. There is absolutely no doubt about that. You don't think that if Ohio State eked out a win in Ann Arbor, went eleven and went, you know went eleven and one, twelve and one, winning the Big Ten. They probably lose their CFP game and go 12-2. and two. You think that those same moves are made? And Kerry Coombs was guaranteed to leave after the regular season with that debacle with Oregon, the Tulsa game, and others. But the moves wouldn't have been as aggressive. Ohio State made calculated, aggressive moves in response to that Michigan loss. 
bringing in Perry Alano as for being a safeties coach, bringing in Tim Walton for as the secondary coach and cornerbacks coach, you know, bringing in Jim Knowles again, bringing in Justin Fry, poaching him from UCLA where he was OC to be associate head coach for offense and coach the offensive line. Ohio State and Ryan Day made aggressive moves in response to what happened last year, which honestly was the worst possible scenario for Ohio State. Losing at home to an out-of-conference foe in Oregon, which losing at home to an inferior team is always humiliating, and then capping it off at the end of the year by losing to your biggest rival in Michigan and losing out on going to Indianapolis, the first time Ohio State didn't have a chance to win the Big Ten since 2016. And even that year, they still went to the college football playoff. My actual prediction is going in relation to the best possible scenario. I think Ohio State wins it all. Plain and simple. I think that they win it all behind C.J. Stroud and behind Travion Henderson and Jackson Smith and Jigba and behind that offensive line. I think they win it all. C.J. Stroud last season had the number one QB rating in the country. He was third in passing touchdowns with 44. He was fifth in passing yards with 4,435. And you know what? That was in 12 games. Remember, he missed the Akron game, and if he played in that game, you know, he probably wouldn't have played as well for the rest of the year. But let's hypothesize and say he plays that game as well as he did post-Tulsa game. Add, add a few hundred more yards, a few more TD passes, probably don't add any more interceptions because Akron just wasn't a good football team. His stats last year undersell how good of a player he is. They absolutely undersell. And I think the offense behind him, Trevion Henderson, who with the the few amount of carries that he got because he was never played in garbage time to protect him, still had an impressive season with over a thousand rushing yards. CJ Stroud, Trevion Henderson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, that's gonna be a three headed monster. And I think the offense reloads and not only reloads, but it excels. There's a potential that this offense could be better than last year's offense because of increased discipline, because there are more veterans on the team. Ohio State last season was toward the bottom in the nation in returning production. They're now toward middle, middle of the road to middle of the road to top in returning production. And that's going to be a huge difference. Returning a lot of players who started last year, who were green, who were young, who made freshman mistakes and poor choices at times. They return, they've learned their lesson, they have a chip on their shoulder, and you're going to see it on the offense. You're going to see it on the defense. I think that they're going to take a big leap forward. I don't know about top 10. That I'm not necessarily high on. I'm not a proponent of Ohio State is going to make the best of their defense because it's a complex scheme, because last year, even though those players were highly talented, there were still holes in them. Zach Harrison, for example, five-star out of high school. He still hasn't broken through yet. JT Tuimalau and Jack Sawyer are there, but they didn't play to the greatest degree last year. So there is still some youth on the defense. There are a lot of questions at linebacker. Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers are good players. I don't know if they're great or elite players, though. Then you have Ronnie Hickman, Denzel Burke at the secondary, 
We'll see if Cameron Brown can stay healthy or not. But I think despite a lot of those questions on defense, it is going to take a big leap forward. It'll certainly be a top 25 unit. And that's all Ohio State needs to win a national title is a top 25 defense. Maybe not even a top 25 defense statistically, but maybe a defense that just makes the stops when it matters most. A clutch defense to go along with an offense that has generational talent this year and had generational talent last year and that almost reloads at will on offense. Mental toughness is another key point. Ohio State's team last year, they were not Nebraska in being mentally weak. They were not there by any means. But I saw at several points last year, the Penn State game, the Nebraska game was another one too. The Nebraska game to a certain degree was like me watching two teams see who could outdumb the other team with mistakes, bad play calls, poor execution, and at the end of the day, Ohio State won because they were just that much more talented than Nebraska, and they also had the better head coach in Ryan Day and the better offensive coaching staff. It won them that game. Ohio State last year, and this is also with some perspective in mind, seeing how the season went, talent carried Ohio State last year. They were not mentally tough. They did not have a lot of leadership, and Kevin Wilson talked about that in the preseason of 2021, mentioning that leadership could be a concern for this team. And part of that has to do with the fact that Ohio State lost a lot of production over after the 2020 season. So heading into 2021, they did not have a lot of veterans. They did not have a lot of leaders per se. They had to find their leaders. And they found them in 2021. They return a lot of those guys. And I think they're going to be much mentally tougher Yes, talent, of course, is going to help them. Talent recruiting is the lifeblood of college football. But if you have all the talent in the world and you aren't mentally tough, you aren't physically tough, you aren't smart with your schematics, with your planning, with your smart with your conversation and how you treat your players, and smart with how you build your own culture, you're not going to win when it matters. And I don't think that's who Ryan Day is. I think Ryan Day is a fantastic head coach, even with what happened last year at Ohio State. I think the moves he made proves that he is on the ball, that he's doing well. And I think that Ohio State is just going to be better in almost every aspect compared to last year. A lot of that having to do with mental toughness, good returning production numbers, a lot of leaders stepping up and returning and I think all that culminates in Ohio State winning it all. They're going to beat Notre Dame. I think they're going to beat Notre Dame to a pulp to open up the year. They're going to blow out most teams they face. Those games at Penn State and that game hosting Michigan, I think are going to be their closest games. But at the end of the day, multiple factors play into Ohio State's hands there. Penn State just being an inferior coach team. Yes, they have home field advantage, but in almost every aspect, Ohio State outmatches them. Michigan, I think almost by a, not by a mile, but by, by a good distance is better than all the other teams on Ohio State's schedule, but Ohio State hosts the Wolverines. Ohio State finally experienced a loss to the Wolverines last year, and now they have motivation to beat them. Ohio State has the better passing offense. Michigan is the better rushing offense. We'll see how that game turns out. I think the little things, the little things will determine who wins that game. 
And Ohio State, I think, is the better head coach. They have better home field advantage. And those are big things, but they're also little things when looking at the whole perspective of the player matchups and all those things, too. I think Ohio State's going to have a fantastic season, going to go 12-0, and 9-0 and in conference. They're going to win the Big Ten, and I think they're going to go into that CFP, and they're going to win the Big Ten its first national title since Ohio State won it back in 2014, and since Ohio State won it back in 2002. And that's all I have to say for this video. If you like this video, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video down below. Let me know if I should do more of these videos. I think I'm going to. I'm pretty sure you all want me to do more of them too, but just let me know because I enjoy feedback, and I'm going to try and reply to as many comments as I can discussing Ohio State football and their best and worst possible outcomes for the 2022 year. Again, thank you all for watching, and remember, if you're on Spotify, make sure to follow the channel. I'll see you guys around. Bye.